This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Fourth Sunday of Easter A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Paul and Barnabas continued on from Perga and reached Antioch in Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and took their seats. Many Jews and worshipers who were converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas who spoke to them and urged them to remain faithful to the grace of God. On the following Sabbath, almost the whole city was gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and with violent abuse contradicted what Paul said. But Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and condemn yourselves as unworthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may be an instrument of salvation to the ends of the earth. The Gentiles were delighted when they heard this and glorified the word of the Lord. All who were destined for eternal life came to believe, and the word of the Lord continued to spread through the whole region. The Jews, however, incited the women of prominence who were worshippers, and the leading men of the city stirred up a persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their territory. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them, and went on to Iconium. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm We are his people, the sheep of his flock. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. His we are. His people, the flock he tends. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. The Lord is good, his kindness endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. Then one of the elders said to me, These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they stand before God's throne and worship Him day and night in His temple. The one who sits on the throne will shelter them. They will not hunger or thirst any more nor will the sun or any heat strike them. For the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. 
Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We are here on uh, the second weekend of May, and it is still Easter season, the fourth Sunday of Easter. Uh, Hopefully people still have their Easter candles still burning. And of course, we're living as a resurrected people. What a joyful time to be alive and worshiping our Lord this uh, these days, even though they're difficult. We're going to talk you, about that. If you've <laughs> got to restock that Easter basket, that's okay. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> that's right. My uh, Mine might have run dry recently. <laughs> so, Also on this day, we celebrate Mother's Day. So to you, to my wife, Deidre, to all mothers, both physical and spiritual, happy Mother's Day. Very sincere happy Mother's Day. And and I and to uh, just enjoy this day, I wanted to pull some readings from John Paul II from his re, uh, apostolic letter, Mulieris Dignitatem. And I think this so appropriately describes the, the, the genius of women these days. So let me uh, read some of these as part of the conclusion here. It says, Therefore the church gives thanks for each and every woman, for mothers, for sisters, for wives, for women consecrated to God and virginity, for women dedicated to the many human beings who await the gratuitous love of another person, for women who watch over the human persons in the family, which is the fundamental sign of the human community. The church gives thanks for all manifestations of the feminine genius, which has appeared in the course of history, in the midst of all peoples and nations. She gives thanks for all the charisms which the Holy Spirit distributes to women in the history of the people of God, for all the victories which she owes to their faith hope, and charity. She gives thanks for all the fruits of feminine holiness. And finally, it says, meditating upon the biblical mystery of the woman, the church prays that in this mystery, all women may discover themselves and their supreme vocation. And so again, to you, to all mothers, a very blessed Mother's Day. Thank you. you. That was beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move to the first reading. We, We know this week as Good Shepherd Sunday. We see that in our responsorial psalm and the second reading in the gospel. And Carla, I actually wanted to start with a question. Um, did you know that it's been said that every pastor should have six weeks of vacation a year? <laughs> now, do you know why? Because if they are a good shepherd, they deserve it. And if they're a bad shepherd, their congregation deserves it. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. One way or another, make sure your pastor has six weeks of vacation. <laughs> so anyway, let's hop into the Acts of the Apostles. This is during Paul's first missionary journey. Oh, yeah. So we hear that the Jews saw the crowds of people that were drawn to the disciples, Paul and Barnabas, and that they were filled with jealousy. Now, jealousy is different from envy. Envy is a desire for what another person has. But jealousy is a fear of losing something that we already possess. In other words, envy is a disordered reaction to something we don't have and wish we had. But jealousy is a reaction to the threat of losing something that we already have. 
Now, the Jewish leaders were jealous of Jesus because they were afraid of losing their position of authority and esteem. And to make matters worse, just when they thought that they were finally rid of Jesus, that troublemaker, along come his pesky disciples spreading the same message and people were just eating it up. You know, they couldn't get enough of it. And it just got worse for the Pharisees when Paul and Barnabas explained that because the Jews rejected Jesus, the word of God would now be shared with the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were delighted. And this is what made Christianity such a radical movement. It broke down the barrier between Jew and Gentile. God so loved the world that he took on flesh and became man in the divine person of Jesus Christ. He suffered, died, and was buried and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and will return at the end of time to deliver the final judgment. And this is the good news, the gospel message that Jesus redeemed all of mankind and made salvation possible for those who love him and keep his wow. commandments. It is indeed good news, isn't it? Although, you know, God did not promise us an easy ride while on this side of heaven, did he? No, <laughs> you know? not And of course, uh, Paul and Barnabas saw that, right? And Paul and Barnabas, like you were saying, urged them to remain faithful to this great, this grace of God. But the Jews, like you're saying, out of jealousy, and I love that jealousy versus envy, they, they filled with jealousy, they, with violent abuse, contradicted what Paul said. You know, the church and its members must remain faithful to the word of God, even when it is difficult. And I want to read a quote, uh, and I'm going to tell you later who actually wrote it and when, but listen to this, because this is a, a very appropriate for today. We are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. I do not think that wide circles of American society or wide circles of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, of the gospel versus the anti-gospel. We must be prepared to undergo great trials in the not-too-distant future, trials that will require us to, art, to be ready to give up even our lives and a total gift of self to Christ and for the Christ. That sounds like something that could have been written a year ago right. <laughs> while we we're going through all these this government tyranny and this COVID Let thing. Let me guess, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Boy, you know what? I would love to quote him. This is actually yeah. not that. This no. this was actually Cardinal Carol Waltia. Oh, oh. Of course, oh. we know as Pope John Paul Pope II. Pope John Paul II, of course. He wrote this actually yes. back in 76, wow. 1976. Yeah, he knew. So again, how prophetic yeah. that was. Of he course, Fulton it. Sheen is a beautiful, I mean, his yes. prophecies oh. are how prophetic his words yeah. are as well. Yes. But yes, that was actually back in 1976. So wow. Wow. Indeed, this is the this is the time and the crisis that we're in now, and how important it is to stay strong, and know that God's word can be rejected, but it cannot be suppressed. That's right. Yeah. Well, in the second reading, we have a beautiful reading again of of this great multitude of people, don't we? Carla? Yeah, yeah. It describes a great multitude who survived the time of great distress. This was a vision of all the saints in heaven, those who remained faithful during their life here on earth. And in reality, those who remained faithful to Jesus, those who are living truly faithful lives, are all undergoing a time of great tribulation because Christianity conflicts with the ways of this world. Remaining faithful is a daily battle that we wage against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we're not alone in this. The unification of the church expands beyond time and space and unites us to the faithful departed through what we call the communion of saints. And we have friends in heaven who pray for us and intercede on our behalf. Now, the communion of saints is comprised of three groups. 
those who are faithfully following Jesus in our earthly lives. We are the church militant. And then there are the then there's the church suffering, and that's those who have died in God's God's friendship, but they must still undergo a purification process in purgatory. And then there's the third group, the church triumphant, and those are the saints in heaven after having completed the final purification process, either here on the in their earthly lives or having served their time in purgatory. Exactly, and, and I love this. This creates such a beautiful contrast to the the distress and the trials and tribulations of this side. Of heaven, right? That's a church militant you talk about. But then this, how this great multitude that no one could count. They talk about wearing white robes, which represent victory. We're holding palm branches, which represent joy. What a, what a beautiful um, reality that we can look forward to, isn't it? It's sure uh, just is. beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, and this also it talks about in the end of this. For the Lamb who is the center of the throne will shepherd them. I really want to encourage people to go back to Ezekiel thirty-four to really get a fullness of that shepherd theme. Uh, that we read in this uh, this readings this week. And of course, we finish with the shepherd theme in the gospel today. This is gospel chapter 10. Uh, and I love how the sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd. And what we do on our end is we learn the voice of our shepherd through prayer and scripture study and fellowship and all these things that we learn how to recognize God's voice. And the more familiar we become we develop an ear. So now mm. when we hear something that's not true or something doesn't sound right, we know then that doesn't sound quite right. That is a very right, good right? point. Yeah. Yes. And so Jesus uses this imagery of shepherd and, sh- and sheep to describe the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us. You know, he wants to lead us, to protect us, to feed us and shelter us. And his plan is not just to stand back and watch. His plan is to be completely involved in our everyday lives. And we have a part to play. We must decide whether or not we're willing to follow him, to be his sheep, and allow him to shepherd us. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.